Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Still the Book podcast, episode nine, special episode today. I'm joined by Alex Briggs, former media man at the Sheffield Steelers. Alex, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to people? Yeah, well, just for people that don't know, um, I was the chap that was running the um, social media account um, for, what, two years? Um, it was the last year of um, Paul Thompson's reign, um, covering Tom Barrasso as well. Um, and then the last season prior to um, the COVID pandemic, um, which would have been Mr. Fox's first year in charge. Nice. It's um obviously when you first started, uh, you came in at a a time where the Steelers were almost on a decline. So it was almost nice, like to see the media output for us being I don't know a bit more um upbeat. And that's what you studied in at uh, university. Yeah, yeah. So I did sports journalism um at uni, um, and it I guess it was one of those things when I was coming to the end of my. End of my three years doing my degree. Um, where was it to go next? What was it to do? And I've followed the Steelers for years. Um, the first, I think it was probably just at the stars when Finity became um, head coach was when I really started to go um, pretty much every other week. Um, so I'd always kept tabs on it. I'd always followed it. Um, and then having done journalism and I I always had opinions let's say on how things were being done um that as a fan and as somebody that now had a degree in something that was relevant I thought well why not ask the question whether it was a just a, a short-term thing to start with or obviously what I wanted and what I thought I was getting was um more control of it and my hands on to really turn it into something that I thought would be as a fan, what I would want um, to be seen on social media. Yeah. Um, and just on the topic of that. So you say that you got into it by, did you email the club or did you? Yeah. Ask? Yeah. I, I dropped an email. Um, I dropped an email to the club um, and to start with, it went unnoticed. So as a journalist will do, will just keep prodding and prodding until they get a response. Um, so I kept going and then um, Sean Smith replied one day and I'm presuming he'd spoken about it with others and asked me to come in and speak to the owner. Um, so I got suited and booted, went to Sheffield and spoke to Tony um, and I walked away with the job. So Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I'm going to ask this just because th this is one of my questions, not Twitter. But the current media outlet, at the Steelers, which is Kieran Baffin Tompkins, um, David Sims, and I believe there's another girl who started this year. I don't know about. I don't know. I can't remember her name. If I'm being honest, um, did you get paid for the position? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a paid role. Um. Obviously, what people don't, I think, realise for the most part is that it's, social media is a 24-hour job because when something breaks, you have to be on top of it. When a new trend begins, you have to be on top of it. 
um, because then everybody will talk about you first. You'll get all the engagement and then other clubs will soon follow suit. And I found when we were doing things that other clubs would click on and do very similar things. Um, so, yeah, in in short, it, it, was, a, it was a paid job. Um, I'd be doing... 95 through the week monday to friday um and that was mainly based at their um offices and then obviously weekends if it were if we were at home i'd be at every home game if we were away and i could and wanted to go i could go to away games otherwise i'd cover it via um the stream that the league provided right so obviously you say that you went to an away game. Did you have to travel there yourself or would you go by the team coach? Sometimes I go on the coach. Um, mm. Tomo was very um, generous and nice with it. Um, obviously, given how friendly he was with everybody at the club anyway, um, yeah. it was a simple conversation with him to ask if he was okay with me going on the coach. He said yes. So most away games with him, I'd go on the coach. Um Brasso was a little different, um, <laughs> but I would still, um, for the, let's say, the big games, um, mm. I would still go on the coach, especially yeah. if it was like a trip to Scotland in midweek or whatever. Um, but then there were some times where I would go off my own back. Um, there was a Belfast double header um, in that Barasso year that I just went on my own accord um, yeah. and said a go because to me it is a role that should be live at every game. You should be providing yes. fans that can't make it with live, not not just updates, but it's it's everything to make you feel like you're there without being there. That's how I see it. That's how football clubs do it. And I mm. don't think if the sport wants to grow that it should be any different either. No. Saying about the football thing, about how it needs to be, um, how they're up to date with everything and all that. Um, are you a Steelers fan now? You know, after all what happened. Are you a fan? Um, I'm still a fan in the sense of they're my team. They're the team I've grown up watching. Um, regardless of what has gone off. Um, it hasn't stopped me from watching them. Um, I I've always been a big fan of Knotts Arena um, and watching the Steelers play in Knotts, mm. partly because we seem to have a a very good record against them. But I just enjoy it more as um as an event. How they put on an event for a team that should be a lot better than what Knotts are. Um, mm. I've always liked how they put on a show, so to speak, because as cringy as some fans may find it, it's something that I I like. Mm. It's their music, their entertainment. To me, it's what I always looked at to be like, okay, I like how they do it. What can I look at? Um, social media side, less so. Um, but in terms of like match night entertainment, mm. It was a, it's a it's a venue I enjoy going to, so I I, I am still a, a fan. I don't go to many home games, um, mm -hmm. and I have my own reasons for that. But I still watch them. Um, 
I still follow what they're up to. Obviously, I don't follow the social media side of things. I get told <laughs> what happens yeah. and what's said anyway. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still a fan. I still want them to do well. And whilst mm. they hit a bit of a sticky patch not long ago and you click on to how fans react to it all, um, I'm I'm still a fan. It's, it's not going to stop me from enjoying watching them at all. No, and um, obviously, because you were a fan before you started the media aspect of it, when you are the media man at the Steelers, I'm guessing there's less of a fan aspect for you there. Like, it almost becomes like your job. Yeah. Would you say that's yeah, right? Like you lose. You were... Yeah. 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 Um, obviously, there's, there's people that everybody will talk about that are involved in the club that do things and say things that, come across as a fan when you do something like journalism at university all your emotion for following teams and things is sucked out of you as yep. crap as it is I was a massive Derby fan before I went to uni season ticket holder would go every week if they lost I'd be the most morbid person on the planet don't talk to me like leave me alone if they won like we were out on the lash it was one of them things, whereas now I I don't cheer goals. I don't really? go crazy. There's none of that. Yeah. yeah, because now it's within me to, obviously, when you're interviewing players, when you're around players all the time, you can't look like you're a giddy fan that's um, mm. around their heroes or whatever one of people call them. You have to be, during that first season when it was horrendous, you yeah. had to be the person that was like, right, you know how the fans feel, but then you're also become quite close friends with some of the players. It's like, you also know it's how it's affecting them. Mm -hmm. So you can't be the one going around grumpy, like, oh, they've lost five on the bounce. Like, this is crap to be around. You've still got to be that perky person and know what buttons not to press and things mm -hmm. like that. So, um if it's done right, you do withdraw yourself from it. The only real game I've shown probably any emotion was the cup final in Cardiff. And I think that was because given what they'd gone through the year before, mm. and it was obviously the first time there was a game of any real purpose behind it. Um, and that year, everybody on and off worked their tail off to get to where they were. And yeah. it probably wasn't everybody's favourite roster that was put together but there was people on that team that knew how to win and it just there was just something about the day I think having lost the was it the night before or Friday night two nights yeah yeah when they were hammered that mm. it was like oh dear is this mm -hmm. setting them up now then have the same on the Sunday and I think it was just something Something felt different, and you heard things that were coming out of the changing room before and stuff like that. It was like there is a completely different feel about this, and I think people that actually cared, it really hit them and and felt it. So, um, yeah, that's probably the only time I've, any ounce of emotion has come out of me at a game. But mm. you do, if doing it right, in my opinion, um, and it, it doesn't mean you don't care. If anything, it means you care more because when you have your highs, you're not going 
like one way and you, when you have your lows you're not going the other way and saying it's disastrous you are yeah. paid to do a job and you're going to try and do it as best as you can so um yeah it's it's a difficult position to be in when you're doing it especially as a fan but because you want the best products to be put out there you kind of have to remove yourself from um some of the emotion otherwise you're going to say things post things that i guess you look like the happy clapper and try and mm. even when you're as horrendous as you could be you're still trying to tell everybody to you know get off people's backs and things like that but that's not how sport works um so yeah i've i did find myself withdrawing from a lot of the emotion um when i was there yeah and um as you were saying there obviously about the challenge cup final that um that for me as a Steelers fan was a moment because it felt like for all the years that had been building up to it, then now it, it seemed to everything just seemed to go right that day. And then as you were saying, like it's um it must have been good as a as the media man. But on the topic of when you said like you have to keep positive, I'd have a re if I had the access to that Steelers account and we like we played the other day against Fife in the Challenge Cup um quick semi final mm -hmm. second leg. I just have a tendency to write we were shit on the um, mm. on the Twitter account. That'd be my thing because yeah. after all the years of running, still the puppets like I don't know. It's it gets you down a little bit because you're obviously always having to tweet about stuff and things like that. But anyway, mm. it's not the George Barber boo hoo hour. It's about uh, about you this uh, podcast. Um, yeah, so I've got something written here. Um, funny stories. Do you have any about the um, about the Steelers? That so, so that you've like been in around, obviously, you were there for two years. Has anything happened that stuck out in your memory and thought, wow, that was good? Um, not, not so sure on like funny and things. Obviously, there's certain players that have the character, and the, there's a few players that go under the radar of people that you'd be like, I didn't expect that from them. Obviously, people like David Phillips, that yeah, they are just in a nice way, clowns, like they are just naturally funny people. He could say something, look at you. Um, and I, that's why I put a lot of stress on getting behind the scenes things because you as a fan don't see it. And mm. whilst they put a lot of emphasis on like the players lounge and things like that, obviously players aren't going to behave the same way as when you catch them the minute they're off their, the ice. Mm. Like, in between periods, what are they doing? Um, and that's where some of the funniest things come. But obviously there's certain things that can't be put out there um, <laughs> of what people are saying and things. But um, there was, trust me, mate, there's, there's plenty of moments that you could go through and be like, especially like, even when Barrasso was there, because I think he came with such, obviously a name and a history to him that the players acknowledged that and were a bit like, wow, this is, even to them, this is him. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed a lot of the non-such ice hockey things that we were doing when we'd go out and see schools. We had a good partnership with Disney that one year when we had some of the players and the kids that 
mm. um, we're skating with Disney on ice, things like they're the moments that stick with me because to me it was, yeah, putting this on social media for the fans, but also, yeah. right, I want partnerships with, it's a partnership with Disney. Like this is a multi-billion pound company mm-hmm. and they're associating themselves with the Steelers. Like, why aren't we going to town with this and making this yep. into a massive thing? Disney are happy to do something with us. Um, and then you see how the players' kids react and um, seeing Dowdy's young lad, um, like his face when he gets to put his hockey skates on and go whizzing around the ice and things like that. It mm. sits with you and you remember them stories because you're then making memories for them. Yes. As well as um, for fans as well. So, um, yeah, there's, there's honestly too many memories to go through and be like that's like a really good one. Obviously there's certain games that stick with you, certain goals that stick with you. Um, but even some of the travel that you would do and um, some of the players that they'd talk to you, tell your stories. Um, like Mark Matheson was one of the nicest chaps. He would sit and talk to you for hours after practice. He could have easily gone home, gone back to his partner, his kids, whatever, but he would sit and mm. talk to me for hours just about, what he got up to, like yeah. previous stories of his career, like what his plans were for the future. And it's conversations like that that sit with you because as pro sportsmen, they've given up their time to talk to you about mm-hmm. non-work related things. And you then grow up and have that bit of a friendship with them, which is, is well, it's a, it's a nice thing to have for sure. Yeah. Of course, um, obviously, there's a lot of questions really for um, for you on the Twitter. I weren't expecting that. There's about 15 or so. So, um, this is going to be cut out, by the way. I'm just letting you know because um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to stop the recording. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to part two of the interview with Alex Briggs. Well, interview, podcast, what am I on about? It's a bloody podcast, right? Um, Alex, lots of fan questions have come in. Obviously, Steelers fans, other fans of other teams, there's about 10 to get through. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the first one is, if you were to go back, in fact, no, we'll start with this one. What do you um, think of the Match Night Entertainment at the Steelers, and do you think this is from Chris M? Do you think it's predictively boring and stuck in its ways? Mm. Um, in short, to answer part two, yes. Mm. Um, obviously, whilst I went in to do the social media under the stewardship of um, Mr. Sims, um, I also wanted to look at other areas that I was like, as a fan, as a, what at the time, 21, 22 year old, what would I want from a night out? Because that's essentially what it is, to encourage younger fans. And obviously I fully appreciate that a lot of their focus for a business model 
would be put on families. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you get youths to you get uni students? At Sheffield, it's got two very well-respected universities that yep. have an unreal, as far as UK standard varsity ice hockey game goes. And I went to it in my first year mm-hmm. um, just to think how can we engage with this as an audience? Like, it was packed. There was, and I know it's not for everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, there was beer everywhere. Mm. There's noise constantly for 60 minutes. And to me, you should be looking to appeal to that because if you get George and Alex to go and then they go back to their flatmates and they are with Janir, like, it was good. Mm-hmm. We'll go on a flat night out next week. And then you all then go back to your sports teams or whatever, and you're like, oh, we'll all go then next. And then you're on to 20 lads that go, and they're all getting yeah. hammered, and they're going to get involved in everything anyway. And I know a lot of people complain, moan, whatever, about the atmosphere in the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me... That's what I wanted to focus on was trying to appeal to a different audience and social media being one of the things. Um, so in terms of the state of um, and don't get me wrong, the off-ice staff there, the Steelers TV crew do an unreal job. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Burnham, his brother, um, the hands down best in the league no matter yeah. what anybody says. Yeah, time and effort they put into designing things and putting a product out that is worthy of being the best in the league is phenomenal. Um, but then there's other aspects that go into a night um, that and think, right, what could we do? Yeah. To liven it up. And it used... Obviously, when I've been as a fan, used to know playlist at the back of your hand. You knew what songs would come on. Yeah. You knew what would be played when. Um, and when Dow's Blessing left for a while, a period of time, mm. and I said, old, then I was to work in there on a match night and mm. be on the mic where Simsy wasn't and um, to do the music. Then I was like, right, this is the chance now to to sample things to see what works and what doesn't yeah. and one thing i think people don't get is the sound system at the arena is horrendous it's is it? very okay yeah mm-hmm. um and they're aware of it don bless him as well the effort he put into that partnership with the arena and um mm-hmm. the steelers nobody else would have gone to the lengths he went to do the things that he's done um mm. and he knows that the sound system isn't great that's why a lot of gigs that go in take their own sound system mm. um because it's that old and then you try and play our songs through and some songs just don't through like they're not mm. loud enough they're echoey and i had a full couple of days where we just went in and blasted songs through the sound system and to be like, right, what works? Um, and obviously if you sit higher up, 
further away from the speakers. If you sit right away from the speakers, and then mm. if you sat in the middle, it's going to be dead loud. But then them at the back of the front can't hear it. So there's a yeah. lot that goes into that thing. Um, but then the work that Neil does um, on and off the ice um, in terms of the sponsors and things like he does a great job. Mike as well. Um, and then there's a few other lads and ladies that do things behind the scenes that nobody sees. But there was I felt we could do to put on a show where, to me, an ice hockey game is an event. It's not like football where it's a game and you mm. sit there for five minutes, you've got 15 minutes break where everybody will go to the loo and come back. Yeah, Hockey is fast-paced, it's more in play, engage and you have to have smarts to know the mood of the crowd yeah and it's what everybody comes back to of what songs are being played when while playing this song four times and i have no objection to what people have said about that because i share a very similar opinion i when I was doing it, I'd be like, right, there's two minutes to go. We're 1-0 down to Cardiff. We aren't playing Baby Shark or... Yeah. Like, have you cut your hands, something that's like... we It needs to be... We need to inject life into the building. We need to build atmosphere. And when I then moved back away from doing that, it kind of all just went back to... To normal. What we... Yeah, because yeah. it was... How I saw it, it was tried and trusted. Why should we change it? And it, that's how I think my role got viewed by some people was he's trying to change it. We don't like change. You can just come in and do what we would before. Mm. And that isn't why I asked to go. And obviously I'm forever grateful that I got given the job to start with. But I that now reflect back on it and think, why on earth there if... Yeah you weren't happy and willing to change because when I joined Cardiff and Belfast were running away with social media. The job feeded in Cardiff was unreal. The job Mark Brooks was doing in Belfast was phenomenal. And we were just sat there as a team that have won countless trophies, yet off ice work didn't reflect the on ice product. Mm. And I wanted to be match them if not better there and hand on heart I felt when I left that our social media was arguably the best of the league and the mm. stats that the league released following that last season proved that with the engagement figures that we were getting um, and this off ice product is there don't get me wrong it's good compared to other teams by all means, but in an arena like that, with now a screen like that, the thing that Dave Burton can do for that screen, they are given the money and the the time and effort from other people, they can turn it into, you know, like some NHL in Canada and America. Like, it's balmy what can be done, but there's just a really when I was there, there was a reluctance to do that because it's not giving you instant money. And yeah, that's what drives them. Do you feel as though maybe, obviously David Sims is 
almost a mainstay on the social media. Was that the case when you were there? Was he did he control it as well? Like was the dual control or Yeah. Yeah. We all had obviously access to the account. Um but I would spend a lot of my week I'd schedule things in. So there was certain days we had promotions, whether it was for like a sponsors like Fire Pit Jump, people like that. Me and Mike, um O'Connor again the work he puts in is phenomenal yeah. for the club um, and always has been, but he would take me out with him and to know our clients and what they want, what I could give them because they never had that before. Um, so we'd schedule things in throughout the week, but then sometimes other people would post because it, and it, well, it is now it is sell, sell, sell. And if it's not sell to know, yeah. For me, it's like I'm going to sell more by aging with people and then saying, ah, whilst you're all here, why don't you look at this? Rather than seven o'clock buy tickets, mm. eight o'clock buy tickets, eight buy tickets, nine o'clock buy the tickets, because you get fed up, you switch, you mute the accounts and if anything, you lose your engagement, then you're losing people that may invest in a product when you catch them at a good time. Mm. Um, so it's controlled by other people and things would go out of battle. But, well, I tried to implement a social media strategy and um, almost a framework for how tweets would be put out, how they would be worded, what emojis we would use, what hashtags we would use, because then it allowed us to track engagement. Yeah. And that was my job, to boost engagement and get people involved. But then when things that weren't along them lines, I think people would know, and it was quite obvious mm -hmm. um, when they weren't put out part of the strategy that um, was put together yeah I think I, I might as well give my opinion on it so obviously the current as I said the current setup is three people I think um, none of those three people have any relevant qualifications to PR or journalism and obviously journalism isn't so much the thing to do with social media is in some aspects but none of them have any PR training whatsoever now as a sports journalism student myself it's very, very frustrating to see that there's, there's teams in the league that are so far ahead of us, like so far ahead of us in terms of their media output, what they do on social media. And I can't lie, it annoys me. It annoys the hell out of me because social media is the main source of engagement for fans anywhere. And mm -hmm. the fact that it's um, it's not up to scratch does annoy me. Now, this leads into a question from Jack Dale. Um, so he said, do you, do you follow the Steelers media account now? Do you follow it? No, I don't. No, no. Um, what are your opinions on how it's run? <clears throat> Obviously, I'll, I'll still go on now and again just to see if there is anything relevant to the fan to look at. More often than not, there isn't. No. Um, I, I want content. I want interviews i want to know about i don't know half of this team how i walked away knowing 
Aaron Johnson and Aaron Brocklehurst and mm-hmm. um, Davis Connolly and people like that. Like we did them sit down interviews. I think three got put out and then they blocked putting the rest out. What infuriated me because we'd set time aside, set the plan, and I was like, "Look, I want six of you, and I'm going to ask you about." your lives and your careers because fans want to know about yes, you. Yeah. you pay them you pay your money to go to see these in orange you don't pay to see the backroom staff and what they do hmm. for these they are you don't have that same attachment to them yeah as you know you've probably got your favorite players you've probably got your players that you don't you like you're not key either but if you told me you weren't keen on it, and then I sat down and did a, an hour and a half interview with him, and now yeah. you know all of his backstory, you're probably going to have an emotion towards him because mm-hmm. you now know him as a person and not just as a hockey player that plays 15 minutes a night or mm-hmm. know, something like that. So um, why did they get blocked? Sorry, I'll just interrupt. Like What, what happened there? So why didn't they go out? I think... Put out, I think it was the Johnson and the Davis one. Um, the Connolly one. And then we had a... The, well, the Connolly one was the one that caused the rest to be stopped and mm. taken down. Um, as far as I'm aware, it was because it was in the season where Davis, uh, Connolly and Gagnon um, had the wiping the glove incident. In oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and apparently, whether it was true or not, he was banned, blocked from talking about it. Yet, I w- had spoken to League of it was never raised. So, obviously, mm. I wanted to know what had gone off, as did every other fan around. And, yeah, obviously, basically, everything that I wanted out had to be at and looked at before why no um mm-hmm. my brother wanted to know everything that was being put out and um i was told that it i'd sent it off to be approved and um see like i said schedule everything in we had it for a set time every week uh, because i knew when we were going to get um online traffic and um yeah put it out and then it got canned and the rest got told not to be put out. Mm. Um, See, that's wrong. That, was never the, a... fact that, the fact that you had to basically get stuff, stuff approved as the media manager is wrong in my eyes because it should well, be I your... Think... Yeah, I think a lot of it was obviously because people that were running it before, they felt they knew better. Mm. But... It, it was simple things like that. I, I remember being at a derby game, a midweek match, and phone then just erupted and I'd put a post out. And I don't know whether it whether it was because it had Jared Adams in it or mm. because it had an old Steelers kit in it that wasn't all orange that I was being grilled about that and being told to take it down because it wasn't, and you look at things now that get put out that are of, you know, who is this ex-player? Like, can you tell me who this is? And 
yeah, things like that. That the players from 10, 15 years ago that play like six games and they're in obviously the old kit and stuff. And it's like, because of who's put that out, they're not getting grilled about it. It's fine. But because I've put it out, there's a difference, there's an issue. Yeah. So let's have a go. Do it. That to me was, obviously I understood everybody else's role before and I knew people didn't like having the toes stepped on, but they need to be, because it wasn't good enough. You couldn't, you can't voice your personal opinion, a club, so media website. You need to learn how to write website articles, get the best, how to spell a player first yeah. and foremost. If you can't spell a player's name right, judge writing stories to go on a club's website. Like, it is bait of anything. You won't see, you know, Man United saying that they've signed. Marcus Rashford to a three-year contract extension and spell his name wrong on everything that gets put out about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Understand that some people with those things, some people have yeah, yeah. things such as see or whatever, and some people aren't confident about speaking on camera and things, and understand all of this, but this is a professional organisation. These things should be easy you should know as you'll know as being a journalism student taught yeah. how to write for websites what to put in a a tight um news article to get people to the article rather than explaining what's going to be explained in the title so then who's going to click on it like yeah you see when players are signed things like that everybody now reads news on the phone so when you click on the Steelers website, you want, and this was again written about in my strategy and how we were going to put things out, but it was like, right, title needs to be no longer than five words, and then it needs to get people to grip and read the story, so yeah. then you're spending more time on your website. Not mm -hmm. Steelers sign 30 defensemen, so-and-so from here, he, you know, this is who he is. It'd be a, you know, a sign check deep and it's like right i've not told you his name so you're gonna have to read the story if you want to know who he is and mm. things like that, that as you can probably tell really ticked me off because we were taught to do it and how it's how feed did it at Cardiff, it's how mock did it at belfast build it and you could tell they were so good at it it was really nice to go to cardiff for that cup final and a little the whole weekend with Fee and her team at Cardiff, meeting Todd Kelman, and just how professional they are with doing yeah. everything. You were just like, you know, it's a breath of fresh air. It's It was actually really, really nice to see who else did it and how well respected they were by their own fan base because of how good they were at doing it. Whereas I always got the impression that the Suns didn't have the same respect because they knew it wasn't as good. So mm. they were never going to get that respect because you can't spell a player's name. Like, you've got so many spelling mistakes in your story. Why are the star releasing transfer news before the club? Yeah. I'm fine with a rumour going around on social media, but let us release who we've signed first. Not And whether we can swear on this or not, but 
fuck off your six o'clock in the morning signing news because nobody is getting up at that time to read this story because it's the same player you've signed at one o'clock in the afternoon as what it is at six in the morning. But because the star need the story at six o'clock, we are releasing it at six o'clock. And it's, no, you're going to get your engagement releasing it when everybody's on dinner and they're all sat on then it's going to blow up and then you can then throw in your right buy tickets for the weekend because so-and-so's just signed you know you can buy his shirt that we've just started printing because we're we're doing it and we're now telling you he's signed it used to infuriate in the day and then when you get there and players are being signed it's like what can i release at that time in to be worthwhile and it's like nothing you yeah. can't do anything. You can't I can't interview him when he gets to the arena in the morning to then at one o'clock when we answer. And yeah, yeah. As you can tell it off. It really, really does. You can see um it frustrates you like when you your face just changed there where you we were about to talk about the six o'clock in the morning thing because it infuriates me as well, but I do start work at six o'clock, but that I work at Sainsbury's and I don't like my job. So, you know, it's one of them things. Um, bit of a you'll be, you'll be bit of a laid back question, this one. Um, Alex McLaughlin is a Belfast fan, he's one of my mates. He's um he's asked, What's the best private message you received on the social media account? Best private message. Yeah, like um... a DM. Like people having to go at you. Yeah, there was plenty of people that would do that. People would ring up the office as well to complain. Um, what about performances? Yeah, or about what was going out on social media, things like that. Um, oh there was there was a couple, and it, whether it's something that was going to be touched on anyway. When everybody moans about the face off time and things like that, like I fully understand why. For me, they should stop saying face-offs at seven and say it's at seven minutes past seven. You look at mm. the NHL games, none of theirs start on the hour or half past. Their games are published to go at seven minutes past whatever or 37 minutes past. And But I understand why these try and do it and say for seven because they want you in your seat whatever, but it's never going to work because everybody catches on to it now and knows yeah. it's going to take forever players to get on the ice and be around. So people would obviously moan about that. Um, yeah, people would message about certain things and give you rumours of players and things, obviously, things that I'm not going to talk about, but they'd be like, mm. oh, do you know so-and-so's whatever? And it's like, why do you think it's like a personal channel, like I'm going to talk to you? Uh, and... There was times where, especially that first season when it was bad, mm-hmm. and I tried to have a lot of fun and games with fans, especially when the evolution started or whatever it was about taking a club back and things like that. Like, oh, yeah. I'd pick out things and have a joke, and then they'd message and be like, do you think this is appropriate? And like this shouldn't be going out. And I'm like, you look at football club accounts that will find a really hilarious oh, God, comment yeah. and they'll add the person. And that's what it should be. You 
if you think you can post things and get away with it with like without being embarrassed, then don't come on to Twitter is hostile environment. Like oh, gotcha. it is the best social media platform, but it is also the one that if you say something and doesn't they mm. know that they with you. Um mm. yeah, people would very often message and yeah, say things that were a yeah. bit mm, well you see I've I've found that obviously on um, Steal the Puck because if I tweet something, yeah, then yeah. it's just like that. I get cooked and I'm looking at yeah. I've got 100 replies from everywhere. And I need to be careful with it, but obviously I'm not an official account, so I'm not that bothered when it comes to that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, just having a look here. Um, what's David Sims like to work with? Um. When I've met David Sims, I've, both... I've always thought he's been all right with me when I've met him. I don't know if great and a nightmare at the same time. Like, mm. his heart is obviously in the right place. Um, um, his heart is in the right place. And you, everybody can tell that. Um, but it's... It's, it's kind of the discussion we had earlier that it's knowing when you're a fan and when you're an employee, um, that is that's the difference. And um, well, I just need to, yep, no worries. Um, are you having some connection issues? It's just uh, just my charger. No, are you having some connection issues? Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Fine, mate. Oh, that's all right then. Um, yeah, and he will go to the ends of the earth for the club, and I fully appreciate that. Um, but I think sometimes it's that realisation of I'm 23, I've just come out of uni and got my degree in this area. What mm. I am telling you is to help the club and make the club better. It isn't to get rid of you, because I know you're not going to go anywhere, but it's for me to help you to get people off your back. Because when I came in, he got, he was getting so much grief at the time that you could see how run down he was. And mm. I mean, he travels from Birmingham all the time, bless him, to come up here and do as much as he does. But then it was like, right, I am in Sheffield all week. Yeah. Let me take this weight off your shoulders so you can focus on helping Tomo out and helping with the recruitment side of things and, doing the things yeah. that you're best at doing, helping to sell the club, whilst I take the flack off your back and I start running social media. So then if anybody has an issue, now they're on my case, but I know how I can get them people back. So yeah, uh, there's definitely the two sides to him. But more often than not, obviously I never had any issues with him. He was great with me. Um, and it's just if you if you get on the wrong side of him, I think as some fans find out, wouldn't mm. you make an enemy of him, then, yeah, he'll, he'll keep that going. But Sims has always been spot on with me um, whenever I was there. Yeah. Um, following on from what uh, Jack Dell put earlier about how your opinions on how it's run, obviously mm -hmm. I think both of our opinions are basically aligned with saying it's absolutely crap. 
Um, yeah. And I'll, I'd say that to anyone. I'd say that to them if they asked me what I thought of it. And I have on Twitter before. I've, I've yeah, talked and, to uh, Kieran. Yeah. And personally, um, mate, I think it's, it's obviously nothing against them two that do it. And I'm, I'm presuming they do it as a voluntary thing. It gets them do, free yeah. kind of thing. But social media is not a part-time thing. Social media is everything in today's world, and it should be a mainstay job anywhere, any sports team, anything. It shouldn't be a volunteer-based thing. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're working with. And if you don't, you're going to soon fall to the bottom of the pile and you're going to lose a lot of what you had before. And that's my, obviously, opinion on those that are doing it now. It's not to knock them. They're in that position anyway. But social media is, it's a job. Like, it's not a hobby. So yeah. that's my view. No, I that. agree. I mean, I saw an advert the other day for a football club. I think it might have been Swindon Town, someone quite big. Um advertising a voluntary role where they'd have to pay for their own fuel to get to the games, their own equipment. It's just mm. not right. It's not how it should be. Um, no. I understand if the club don't have much money, but I think they probably do. Um, just a bit of um, sort of clearing up then. So your obviously time came to, the, came to an end at the Steelers. Was that your choice? No, no, it wasn't. No. Um, to be brutally honest, um, and what put a lot of people won't know, is that prior to um, the end of that season anyway, I had already applied for my current job in the police as it is. Um, mm. And that's, in one sense, because of how toxic it was at times. Um, it was just very, I just found it very difficult. You were, you were always being watched. Um and everything was always being scrutinised, um, and you never had freedom to create mm. things that you should be doing. Um, and it just almost got too much. Um, yeah. I was so miserable that I needed to look for something else, um, mm. and the police had always been a route for me to look at. Um, but then... Obviously, when COVID came around, I knew I wasn't everybody's cup of tea management anyway. So then when COVID hit and people had to go to save money, well, yeah. mine was obviously the easiest role to get rid of because we'll find volunteers for that. We'll, yeah. We can cost cut through that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it wasn't my own choice. But at the same time, I was already looking at something else because when COVID came around and you heard rumblings of, well, they're never going to stop taking on police officers, are they, for no. a global pandemic, whereas social media roles would yeah. be, even First though it should shops. be. Mm. Yeah. Because, well, what was everybody doing? They were all on the phones, lap, whatever. So you should have used social media, used everything for power to create the ass off of everything. Mm. being get with people everybody's at home on the phones now because they can't anything yeah. but it's also uh, well doing we're not trying for a game mm -hmm. is they view social media um so yeah i i knew i would be one of the first to go had i had 
I felt I had no option but to look for another job before another job. it became a serious thing. So luckily I did. Um, and well, here I am two years into policing. So Yeah, obviously when I announced the fact that you were going to do this uh, on Twitter, people were saying, oh, you know, best media officer we've had. And that's the truth of it because at the end of the day, you look at it now and the way that it's just changed, it's... It's a shame, really, because it felt like the club were turning a corner when we won the Challenge Cup. As media were good, as output, we looked good on social media. We won the cup; everything looked like it were on the up. And then, obviously, the big COVID nineteen it, and then we're back to volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest frustration for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is a shame, and obviously, as a fan, it is a shame. But I think whilst ice hockey is not at the level that football is. Things mm. like social media will be overlooked because it's more of a what's happening on games, like how many tickets are we selling for fans, how many shirts are we selling it. Yeah, how really good, which it should be. And it was a discussion that me and Mike had um, early on. He sells sponsorships, and everybody obviously moans about the ads and things. Mm-hmm. And the shirt. Without that, you don't have the team you put together. You don't sign players like Cali Ackerman halfway yeah. through the season. Petgrave is probably one of the best defensemen, if not the best, technically best defenseman Steelers have had in a considerably long time. Like, yeah, he may not do it every night, but even from seeing him in that first preseason game in Nottingham, I was just like. This guy is a, does things so effortlessly, yeah. and you wouldn't sign in players like him if you didn't have that money. And I fully understand that, and that's where it comes from. All the sponsors, but how sponsors have advertised on social? You post things, you interact with them, you speak to mm-hmm. as much as your own, and you try and get a happy medium going. And without social media doing that, yeah, you never have it. Um, no, like I said, discussion me and Mike had early on to say, right, what can we do to make sure we're getting the best sponsors available? Turning mm-hmm. around towards and saying, right, this is what we do together. Yeah, I think um, that's more or less it, really, in terms of the questions. Um, I don't really have anything more. Um, is there anything you want to say? Just how much did, how much would you say you enjoyed the role then overall, looking back on it? Um, for the most part, I loved it, mate. It was, as a fan, you think, right, I wonder what it is like to work in and amongst it. And I had a few games where I was at uni, like helping mm. out with the programme, putting things together with that. Um, I go and do things behind the scenes. But then when you get into it, and like I say, you become mates with the players. Like, um, Obviously, I had a really good friendship with Valley and DeLuca when they were there. Um, yeah. A, because of their ages and what they were like. as well. But people like Brandon Whistle as well. And mm-hmm. just people my age. Kieran Brown, like, he's a lovely lad. And he's far too good to be playing at the level he is. Yeah, yeah. I saw your post. Yeah. Uh, the other day about the imports and things mm-hmm. uh, I fully appreciate we want to be encouraging young British kids to 
if we mm-hmm. want to get better as a league, you need better players in that yeah, league to say this is the standard. If you don't hit this standard, you aren't good enough to be in this league. Would you swap? Um, would you swap Scott Allen for Kim Brown? I wouldn't. And as much no. as I love Brownie, I wouldn't. And that's because of how good Scott Allen is. But yeah. then you'd be like, right, well, he's Kieran Brown. Will he offer you something different than um, Pichelet or somebody like that? And you'd probably argue yeah. maybe so. Um, but I think when they extended Pichelet, he was on a proper heater. And then he just kind of burst slightly. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love seeing the kids come through and what they would offer. And to me, that mm-hmm. was great to be behind the scenes and see it. Um, for the most part, I loved it. These partnerships that we got going, I loved it. Um, going out with Mike and doing things with the children's hospital, with yeah. the sponsors, like, it was really good. But then yeah. there was times, like I say, where you were just like, you'd go in, you'd bang your head against the wall and be like, off. yeah, we've spoken about yeah. this. This is what we set out that we would be yeah. doing. We're not doing it. And now others are talking about us as a bit of a laughing stock and yeah. No, I agree. The job. So on the most part, loved it. But like I say, it wears you down. You work that much for that little and mm-hmm. you're there. Okay. That's yeah. It. Anyway, um that's all we have got time for because my Zoom's about to run out. So um thanks very much, Alex, for coming on. Appreciate you Thanks. going and talking about your time at the Steelers. I hope you guys have enjoyed that have listened and yeah, I'll see you in the next.